this is a really fun topic for me to be talking to you about in the dead of summer (laughs) when our kids are home. Uh, And I personally am sitting over here still totally struggling, struggling with consistent care for my kids. And I have about 20 hours a week of work that I have to fulfill. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what that looks like inside of this episode, just kind of as like a little bonus, but I'm also going to give you my five straightaway tips for how I get an uninterrupted work block, as much of that as I possibly can for those 20 hours a week, and really what that looks like uh, down to the nitty gritty. So if you are struggling in any way, shape, or form to figure out when your work block is going to be and to have it be an uninterrupted, you should get out a pen and paper and stick around for the rest of this episode. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock solid plan for our personal well being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, If you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the hot mess express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves, dig in, and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. I just need to be super straightforward and say that I get asked a lot like, oh, well, how do you don't, how do you not have your kids come and interrupt you? They do. Okay. But I do have a work block. All right. So this episode came to me as a question as someone else was saying, hey, you should totally do this episode. And I think it's really timely. It was really timely whenever we first went into the pandemic. I had a lot of moms hop on for coaching to get different ideas on how they could still figure out how to get work done and be at home at the same time. And we're dealing with it now. And I will say that this weekend, uh, Blaine and I went out of town and Sunday came around and I, we were getting, we were packing up, putting things in the car. The kids were off playing and it was just me and him. And I looked at him and I said, I'm anxious. I'm getting an overwhelming sense of anxiety because I go back to work on Monday And I say I go back to work because I unplug on the weekends. And so I literally have carved out a life for me where I work Monday through Thursday slash Friday. And I don't work on the weekends. And so I just told him like, I right now because it's summer, I don't know when I'm going to get that time. And it has been, it's been stressful you know, it's been worrisome to me. It's caused anxiety. And we started to have this conversation where he said, well, what can you do about it? I'm like, I literally teach people how to do this. I'm like, I know what we need to do. I need, I need my time blocks. I need specific work blocks. I'm like, and they don't always have to be where my kids are taken care of by someone else. Sometimes they can be with my kids around for sure. I'm like, but the reality is, is that I cannot work 20 hours a week with my kids home on summer break without putting them on technology the entire time. And that I think is what this comes down to, at least for me. And I know for a lot of us is 
we get stuck in this position as a work from home mom where we want to do justice. We want to do our best work in every area of our life, right? We want our houses to be clean and we want our businesses to thrive and we want our children to thrive and we want to feel like we've actually poured into our kids and we've looked at them that day and (laughs) they haven't just been staring at a screen all day and we didn't just go through drive through or pop like frozen meals in the freezer. I mean, out of the freezer into the microwave for them. And when summer came and I had a set schedule with other people to take care of my kids, some of that has kind of not come to fruition like I had hoped. And so we're dealing with that. And, you know, of course, Blaine was super supportive, but it just hit me like, this is this is an area of life that a lot of people struggle with on a regular basis, especially over the last year and a half. And we've all just figured out how to go about doing it. And I, I really hope that these five tips can help you to know how to have an uninterrupted work block. A lot of the reasons why I'm in, I'm experiencing this issue right now is because of what I came off of in May. And if you want to hear what May has been like for me, go back and listen to the live monthly recap for the month of May. The month of May was literally survival for me for a lot of reasons outside of my control. And so now we're working on getting systems and routines back in and bolstered. The nuts and bolts of them were there to support me through the month, to have a really good month, even though it was a really hard month. But now I need that consistency and so do my children and so does my home in order for us to not just be in survival mode, right? Which survival mode is just meant to be there on a temporary basis. We can only withstand that for a certain amount of time. So This is what I used to do at the beginning of the pandemic and quarantine, and it's what I've done for a very long time, and it's what we've started implementing, and I I try and do pieces of even in survival mode, right? So here are my five ways to have an uninterrupted work block. I will say that some of these are interchangeable. You can do all of them. You can do one of them. Start with one of them. See how they help you. And I will tell you which ones are most effective for me, which ones have like immediate um, outcomes, you know, that you're going to find relief and resolution from almost immediately because that's inevitably what we want, right? (laughs) We want an uninterrupted work block. Here's the deal. You're trying to get work done, right? And every time you sit down to get work done, Something calls you or needs you or wants you or interrupts you. And a lot of those things can be fixed very simply. So here's the first one that I want to talk about is number one out of these five tips that I'm going to give you. I actually have a bonus one or two at the end. The first one is time blocking. If you're not already using time blocking, you need to be. Well, isn't that a given since the title of this episode is how to have an uninterrupted work block? Sure. But some of you might not actually be setting up your blocks at the beginning of the week. And how you know how to set up your blocks is by going to chelseajoe.co and clicking on free. And then there is a workbook that will tell you how. You can also come inside of my free Facebook group, which will tell you exactly um, inside of our planner audit on Monday, 
how to implement your blocks into your life. So you should have a work block every single day or for however many hours a week that you need for your work, you should have those hours blocked off. Now, when I say that you need time blocking, right? Well, what does that look like? Your work block needs to be established every single day, whether or not it's 30 minutes or three hours or eight hours or four or five, it doesn't matter. My work block looks different every single week. But in order for that block to be uninterrupted, I have to know when it is. I have to know when I'm working. You can't just say, oh, well, hey, kids, I'm going to go do work and then be frustrated that they come and interrupt you because it's not technically a work block. These aren't your work hours. If you don't set aside the actual time where you're supposed to be working. Does that make sense? Like you can't say, oh, my work block was interrupted if you haven't actually established your work block. So that is the first thing that I need you to do. You have to sit down and say, how many hours a week do you need in your business? If you don't know what that looks like, come join me inside of the academy, (laughs) chelseajoe.co backslash academy. This is what I teach people inside of the academy. I literally teach you how to know down to the money how many hours you need inside of your business, and it's way less than you think. It is way less than you think because you've been misusing your time all of this time. You don't need as many hours to work as you think when you use your hours efficiently, and that is what I teach. The entire tier two is dedicated to giving you systems in your business so that you can work less and get more done and know exactly when it's going to happen. Now, Once you know how many hours those are, you need to establish a work block. Well, how do you do that? Okay, you got to know what is going on in your life every single week. You have to know what appointments you have. When are things coming and going? You've got to sit down and you need to do your Google Calendar, which is part of the hybrid system that I also teach inside of the academy. You have to know how to do both, right? So if you sit down and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to work from some arbitrary time, oh, 12 to 2 on Monday. Well, do you have something going on from 12 to 2? And this leads me into number two tip. What do your children need? Not only where do they need to be, but what do your children need? Depending on what age they are, they're going to need different things. And tip number two is to pour in your children and your home before your work block. That is absolutely going to increase the likelihood that you're going to get an uninterrupted chunk of time to work if you've done this step first, right? So pour into your children and your home first. No matter what age they are, I do not care. Eye contact, touch, quality time. What is their love language? Find out how you need to pour into them to meet their needs first thing in the morning and your home. Do the dishes. Make sure that your desk space is not cluttered. Make sure that you vacuum something. For me, I love to go out and put my essential oils on. Pour into your home a little bit. And here's why. Why do I say that? Because when you sit down to work, it's not only your children that are calling you, but your dirty dishes call you. Your load of laundry calls you. All of it screams your name. It demands your attention. And the likelihood that that work is more remedial and less challenging than the work that you're doing in your business is probably about 100%, which means you're going to allow yourself to be distracted by it, to get out of doing the hard work that you need to do in your business, especially if you're just starting it, or especially if you have some big things coming up that are making you nervous or anxious. This is why you have to have systems in your home 
100% of the time. So I always start my day with obviously my morning routine block, right? That's the first of the five blocks that I teach. The second is my AM block. Sometimes it's only an hour. Oh, great. Some, and then my, my kids go somewhere, right? But if my kids are home with me, I spend the entire morning with them through lunch. And then I do my work block because I know what they need for me. I know if I hold their attention, they're younger. So if your kids are older, they might not need that, but they do, whether or not they tell you or not, they do need time from you every single day, every single morning. Even if they tell you, no, they don't, I don't care. Grab breakfast with them when, when they're older, Anything that lights them up just a little bit, if they like to read, if they like technology, ask them, hey, ask them, ask them what they did last night when they stayed up until 10 o'clock at night and you went to bed at eight or they stayed up till midnight, you went to bed at 10, right? Or ask them, what are your plans for the day? Ask them about this big thing that they have going on at school. Ask them about their summer project that they're working on. Talk to them about their friends. Like, Pour into your kids' lives and have conversations without your phones, without your laptops, without your work. Sit and play blocks with your kids. Sit and play Barbies with your kids. If that makes you want to like your eyeballs out like it does me, then I love to pour into my kids with arts and crafts and educational games. And honestly, I love to play kitchen with my girls because I love to cook and I love teaching them while I'm playing with them. Pour into your kids or For me, I'm kind of like done because I homeschooled for the last year. Like it's just a lot. I'm kind of tired of being at home. So it's summertime. So Blaine and I have figured out one or maybe two days a week, we're going to do an activity outside of the home in air conditioning because it is bloody hot here. Maybe that's the pool. I'm specifically and strategically picking activities that I know are going to hold my children's attention and physically exhaust them because they're younger so that whenever that work block is done, I feed them and I turn them loose. Then it's time for my work block. I meant to say whenever that AM block is done, then I turn them loose and then it's time for my work block where they now want to go be by themselves. They want to go play. They want to lay down and take a nap, right? They're exhausted. And here's the other thing that leads me into tip number three, use screen time strategically and create activity stations or playlists. So this, this work block that you have after that AM block that we just talked about, to have an uninterrupted experience during that block of time, you need to do the first step. You need to do the second step. And the third step is don't let your kids have technology all through the AM block when you know that you're probably going to want to let them sit and watch a movie or have their screen time while you're working. Do you have to do that every day? No. And quite frankly, here's what I do. A lot of times my kids don't have access to their, to their tablets, to their iPads, um, just at hand, like they have to ask for it. It's like a thing that they have to be able to ask for and do, right? They can't just do it whenever they want. And you should be doing that. 100% of the time you should be doing that. Your kids should know how to hold their own attention without fast pace. And I'm just going to say this. I'm going to go off on my soapbox. Delete YouTube from your children's iPads. Delete it. Never give them YouTube ever again. Here's what happened when we deleted YouTube from all, all, both of our kids' technology they no longer are interested in the screen time. And so, yes, it did force us to not be able to use it as a babysitter, but we noticed behavior changes. We noticed she couldn't hold her attention span. She wanted things to be fast paced because YouTube is designed for them to scroll and click on a video and it doesn't hold their attention in a boring part of them playing Shopkins with each other or some kid playing like Legoland. They flip to the next video. 
And my oldest one would literally sit and get sucked into the vortex for hours on end. And it's just a slippery slope for everyone. So first of all, delete that and then strategically use screen time. We do. We strategically use it. I know what apps are on my kiddos' iPads. If I could turn them loose and I lived on a farm and they could go out and play, that is 100% what they would be doing. 100% they would be outside and they would be playing. We just don't live in a community like that. That's why I pour into my kids in the morning. I give them several hours of my undivided attention. And then I have that work block. If your kids are older, have friends come over to play. Send them over to friends to play. Let them play by themselves. If you have little, little, little babies, wear them. Wear them during your work block. Schedule your work block around when they're sleeping, right? So you have to be strategic around when you're putting this work block into place. But using screen time throughout the very beginning of the day and then expecting it to actually be something that they want to do for 30 minutes or even for an hour, right, to play that game. Like Frankie's got this awesome coding game. I think it's like avo or something. It's like an avocado something that she really, really, really enjoys. She also has like a ton of other learning games on her iPad. And Bailey has a couple too. She has Sago Mini School, which I really love. It's part play and it's, and it's part education too. And they'll play it for a little bit and then they're done. Cool. And guess what happens after that? They find something to do. And so a lot of the times I will sit and they will ask, hey, can we do this? Mom, will you come play? Hey, can we do this? Yeah, go ahead, go do it. Yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. And I, and I, I stretch it. I let them figure out how to be bored. I let them figure out how to entertain themselves. And I'm okay with it. Because when I look back, my mother literally did not hold my hand and hold my attention all my life. She didn't do that. Did she play with me? Of course she did. Do I play with my kids? Of course I do. But I also am in this extremely privileged and really delicate position, right? Where I, I feel a lot of responsibility that I've chosen to work from home and not go to a job. So that doesn't mean that I'm just going to be available all day long for my kids. I am okay with my kids figuring out how to entertain themselves and playing on their own. I'm okay with it. I have vivid memories of me literally running amok in my bedroom. My mother's favorite book to read to me, I literally have it, and I read it to Bailey May, is Jillian, Jillian, Jillian Jigs. It looks like your room has been lived in by pegs. Because I would go into my bedroom and I would just do imaginative play for hours on end. And Bailey May will do the same thing. We had to train her to do it, but she will do it now. And I've 100% gotten over the guilt of my kids needing me to sit and play with them 24-7. A lot of that need is not because they're lonely, but because they don't know how to do imaginative play on their own, and they don't know how to interact and play with their siblings kindly and nicely. Are you going to have to teach that? You are, but you have to pour into your kids in the morning and then train them to do that during your work block, and it should start from day one. Be okay when your kids are itty, itty, itty bitty with walking out of the room and doing dishes while they sit in the living room and they play with child or with age appropriate child toys, right? Be okay with that. Start to teach your kids a little bit of independence and this gradual release of independence is so vital for our children and have it not be associated to screen time all the time. Here's another thing that we love to do is creating activity stations or playlists. So for 
The older ones playlists are great. They have to be able to read to do this. Although I have created playlists for me to be able to help me spark ideas for Bailey. I believe I have another episode on this. I'm not sure which one it is, but you can circle back and you can scroll and see um, on just how impactful it is. I think it's the one on how to use a communication board, my communication system for home. But this is where I write our playlist is on the communication board and the activity stations are just one step further from that. So I like to write down for each girl a list of activities that they can do. My mom used to do this to me. She'd put it. It's so funny. I'm just remembering this. She'd put activities in a jar and I would pull them out. And every time I say I was bored, she'd make me pay her money and then pull a thing out <laughs> of the jar. So I knew like, oh, why don't you go read or why don't you do your puzzles? Right. And so I went through my kids' closets and I looked at games that they haven't played with or toys that they haven't played with and I did a rotation of them and I made sure that they were forward facing, that they were front line for them to be able to capture their attention, right? To be of interest to them. And so that is something that whenever they come in and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do or Bailey comes in during my work block, I know like the back of my hand what's on that playlist. Hey, have you gone and done this? Most of the time with her, especially if her sister's not home, I'm home alone and I'm really in a pickle and need to get work done. I will set up those stations in different rooms of the house because that sparks more creativity for for, for Bailey. And I will say, hey, go in Sissy's room and see what um, mommy set out for you. And I'll have an entire little thing of Shopkins set up for her. And lo and behold, it'll be 20, 30 minutes. Sometimes she'll say, mom, come play with me. And I'll say, okay, B, I'll be right there. And I will. If she stays up there and she plays for 30 minutes and I get a task done, I'll go up and I'll tell her, hey, mom's still in her work block and mommy needs to go back to work, but you're doing a great job playing. And so I'm going to play with you for a few minutes. And when we're done here, then you get to, and I tell her the next, you get to go in your room and you get to play with the paints that mommy has set up. She has like these water, like it's, it's water that you put on a book and it paints the book, right? So she can paint. Obviously don't give your kids paint if they're Bailey's age. Bailey would literally paint the town red and her entire bedroom too. And then I tell her, hey, as soon as we're done playing with this, then you get to and mommy's going to go back and work a little bit. Does she love that? No. But for me, she would she rather me sit with her and play with her the entire time? Yeah, because it's easier that way and it's interactive. But that's not all the time. It's okay that they do that every once in a while. Summer, summer's challenging. I'm working out trying to find other kiddos for her to go play with. And for them to come over to play here, like we don't have a ton of cousins and we don't have a huge community that we live next to, but that would be what I would suggest if you do have it, lean on those things, okay? So that was number three. Number four, here's a big one. Discuss these needs with your spouse. And oftentimes, I've talked about this many times, we're going to talk about it again, we as wives don't want to burden our husbands. We don't think that they even understand or maybe that they don't know how to offer solutions or maybe they're just gone at work the entire time and there's nothing that they can do about it. For me, Blaine's home, you know, during the day sometimes. Other times he's on shift as a firefighter. But this has to be something that you talk to your spouse about because what I have noticed is that when you can get on the same page with your husband, you're going to be able to do this a thousand times better. The Your ability to create a work block when he is supportive, when he understands, and that may take time. 
This is this is one of the ones that, that is going to take time. This may not be immediate. For some of you, it might be. For some of you, it might not. It was not immediate for me. And Blaine is supportive. He's a supportive person, but it wasn't immediate. He didn't understand. And even still, like I told you, we just had this conversation this weekend. Sometimes I feel like we have to have this conversation over and over and over and over again. A lot of that comes from my guilt, right? My, oh, I want to be there for them and I want to be there for my kids. And I, but I'll get to step number five here in a minute, uh, which was about what I was going to say, but I'm going to wait because I'm going to wait till number five. But these things have to be discussed with your spouse. And so you have to continue to talk to them about it and let them know, like, this is what I'm trying to do. We agreed that this is what I was going to do. Where can I get this work block? Can I have every other Saturday? Um, can you do nighttime routine Monday, Wednesday, Friday? And so I can slip out and I can get work done and I can work until bedtime. And then on Tuesday, Thursdays, we can do it together. And then we can have time together on Tuesday, Thursdays, whatever that looks like. You guys have got to talk to your spouses and be creative with when you're going to be able to get that time. Um, do I choose sometimes to work in my nighttime routine block and in my morning routine block, I do. Because there are times when I know I have a lot of work to get done and I don't want my kids on screen time all day long and I have no help. I have no one to watch my kids. And so it's either they're going to be on screen time or I'm going to work in the morning, wee hours. I'm going to work in the afternoon. I'm still going to get my seven to nine hours of sleep. Typically it's eight. I'm still going to honor that but I am going to substitute most of my morning routine block and my nighttime routine block. And, and that needs to be said, that needs to be understood that sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it looks like that. Sometimes I don't get a work block in the middle of the day and I need one and that's what I have to do. So these conversations that I have with Blaine happen regularly. This is a new thing in our life and Although I've always been able to make my schedule, even when I was interpreting 20 to 30 hours a week, you know, I had to have coverage. I was leaving and going to jobs, but I still was making my schedule and I'm still making my schedule now. Even though that was happening, we still have to have this conversation because I literally get to choose and decide when I show up for my job for this. For the podcast. I can do it when everyone's in bed. I, I can technically do this business when it is convenient for everyone in my family. But guess that what that does to me and guess what that does to you? You're experiencing it. It's burnout. It's fatigue. It's weight gain. It's depression. It's a lot of those emotions. It's chaos. It's overwhelm. It's bitterness anxiety, resentment, like it's all of these things that you experience because you're trying to do your business when it's convenient for everyone else. And you need to sit down, and you need to talk to your husband. You need to sit down, and you need to talk to your support system. You need to sit down and you need to talk to your older kids. I talked to Frankie. Frankie's nine. And I've been talking to her about this since I made this decision. Like, would you rather mom go to a job and you have to go? Or would you rather mom be home and you be home and you can do something to entertain yourself while mom works somewhere about two hours. Sometimes it's four. 
Most of the time I don't work four hours straight when my kids are home. Every once in a while I can get that, but it's not fully uninterrupted, right? I give them snacks. I set up their station. I have to take Bailey to the toilet, right? Like there are certain things that I still do, but for the most part, like it's uninterrupted. And Frankie was like, I would rather you be home. Okay, well, that's what this is going to look like. And so most of this all came to be from consistent communication with my husband and letting him know what I need. It is unrealistic for us to expect our husbands to understand and know what we need, even after telling them one time. They don't live in our world as a work from home mom, right? We're overgeneralizing that every single one of us has a spouse that leaves. Even if they don't leave, even if they are home, even if they're working from home, even if you both are are business owners and you're both home and you're talking all day long. I mean, Blaine and I do live that life five out of every nine days, right? He's at the fire station four out of nine and he's home five out of nine. Like he still doesn't live in my world. And until I've gotten, until this is a super concrete way of life for us, there needs to be consistent communication about what my needs are because my needs change and your needs will change. And so you have to be open about that. Without that, there's no way that you're going to be able to have the backbone, really, and, and the, the tenacity that you need to be able to have an uninterrupted work block to do any of the steps that I just discussed, that I just mentioned, one through three, you're going to have to be able to communicate your needs with your spouse. And if that sounds easy to you, great. If that sounds scary to you, still great. You're going to have to do it. And I promise you, as long as you go to your husband with an open heart that doesn't place blame on them and you do not place blame on them at all, ever, and you just talk about what your needs are, the conversation will go really, really well. All right, number five, what is the fifth thing that you have to do in order to have an uninterrupted work block? You have to create clear consequences, aka boundaries. Let me put a little disclaimer, consequences. The definition of consequence is not negative. It's just an outcome. There can be positive or negative outcomes. The consequence of any decision, something will happen, right? One way or another. To one person, that outcome or that consequence may be good and the other person, it may be bad. So what I'm trying to communicate to you here is you need to have boundaries in place with your children and with your spouse as well. Those need to be very, very, very loud and clear. And the way that we do that is how we, in turn, choose to respond to our husbands and our children when they have not respected what has been established. So you're going to have a lot of groundwork to lay. And these first four steps before you can get to this point, you have to do your homework. You have to get super clear with your communication. You have to pour in with your kids. You need to organize your time. You need to establish your calendar and your time blocks. You need to run your ship. And once you can effectively say, I am trying my best at running my ship and putting these things in place, I'm organized, I'm not a mess, I've got a grip on the things that I need to have a grip on, then it's time for you to be super clear. So what does this look like for me? 
the outcome of when my children interrupt me doesn't yield what they are hoping for on the other side of when mom's done working. There has to be a positive outcome for them that they are working towards, that they are honoring and that they are respecting that they don't receive when they don't honor and they don't respect your work block. We use love and logic in our home 24-7 and it has served us well. It has taught me how to be the shepherd that my children need. Um, And this is just part of it, you know. Every single time mom has a work block, they know when mom's work block is going to be done and what they're going to get on the other side of it. Maybe it's time for us to play together. There's always a reward. Maybe it's dinner. Maybe it's dad's going to be home in, in two hours or we're going to go to the pool or you're going to get to help me cook dinner or whatever that looks like on the other side of my work block. They know what that is and they're working towards it. And when that doesn't happen, oh, bummer, that's not going to happen, right? So that's the consequence. The consequence is not that they get in trouble for interrupting me. Now, if they're disrespectful, if they're rude, if they don't knock on the door before they come in, if they are just 100% like blatantly disregarding and being disrespectful, obviously there are consequences for that in our home. But what I'm talking about is just the boundary of establishing that this is time for mom to work. This is time for you to go and have creative play or independent play. Or like when we were homeschooling, it was time for freaking to work on our homework. This is time for you to learn how to play kindly with your siblings, with your sister. When those things aren't respected, then how am I supposed to give back to them? This is a two-way street in our lives me and you, child, we are living in a mutual relationship where I give to you and you give to me. And those boundaries are very clear in my house. Super, super clear. I don't ever want my my children to think that they are entitled to just receive food on the table or money for doing chores. Or of course, they're entitled to love and hugs and forgiveness and grace, of course. But that is something that you have to give to people. They will get my love unconditionally, but you, we are responsible for teaching our children these things. And so they need to know that, hey, you really want mom to come and play blocks with you. And in order for mom to come and play blocks with you, Bailey May, I need to be able to finish my work. And then I'm going to be able to close my laptop and I'm going to be able to come out of my bedroom and I'm going to play blocks with you. But if you keep coming in here and mommy can't finish her work, then I can't close my laptop and I can't go play blocks with you. So I would love it if you would go and you would play whatever the thing is, right? If you'd go and play blocks and mommy will be out at this time or when the timer stops, depending on what age your kids are, right? You can use these different things. And for your older kids, it obviously gets a lot easier because you know when they're going to be gone, when they're going to be home, they're not home as much. But these same principles apply like Oh, you need me to go run you to your friend's house and it's in the middle of my work block? Well, when we talked this weekend at our Sunday sit down, you didn't tell me that you wanted to go to a friend's house. You have probably been texting them all morning and you knew you guys wanted to hang out. How come you waited until right now? I will take you this one time, but next time I'm not taking you because I feel like it's super disrespectful for me to be able to go and do all these things for you, but you can't do this thing for me. Ask me to take you to your friend's house before I start my work block, please. Like have hard conversations with your kids and be super firm about this boundary 
because we've already worked through the guilt, right? We've already, we've already poured into our children that day and we're working on mutual relationships. Now, when I talk about these boundaries with our husbands, it's different, right? Our husbands are not our children. They're our teammates. And so when you think about this as shoulder to shoulder teammates, I always think about it like an actual sports team. Like, what does this look like when you're playing in a game and you're trying to score points? Like, what does this look like? What would you need from each other? And sometimes I actually use that language with my husband because it's concrete. It's black and white for him. And he totally understands sports, right? That might not be what you guys use. Maybe that's not like something that you guys comprehend, but you really just have to begin to understand that when we're talking about creating boundaries with your work block, when it comes to your spouse, you guys are a team 100% of the time. And so if he's not supporting you in this thing that you've already communicated and you've already created an understanding with each other, then how are you supposed to supposed to support him? And that's the kind of conversation that needs to be had. Like, hey, I really need this from you. And when and when he does, when he does a good job, when somebody hits a home run, what do all of the baseball and softball players do? They come out and they give him a high five. Encourage your teammate. Don't discourage him, right? One of the things that Blaine, that I've had to work through that Blaine brought to me in our marriage retreat that um, we, yeah, I was like, okay. He's like, you will come out of your work block when you hear me struggling with the kids. You will literally come out of the bedroom. He's like, you got to stop doing that. And I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. Okay, sorry. So that's the other thing, right? Like they have, your husband has to be able to struggle through things with your kids and you have to come to each other at the end of the day and talk about those things. He needs to be able to discuss his needs with you and you need to be able to discuss your needs with him. And so in order to have these uninterrupted work blocks, you have to be working as a teammate with your spouse. And so these boundaries that I talk about go both ways with your kids and with your spouse. But I want to be super clear that the way that we establish boundaries, the way that I establish boundaries with my kids and with my husband are different because my children are my children and my husband is my partner. And I think that that is very important that you remember when you're framing your language, when you talk to your husband versus your children. All right, here's a bonus tip for you. Um, I really want you to think about what kind of work you're scheduling in your work block. Now, this goes more to the point of when you know you're going to be interrupted, right? That's when you need to be doing work in your business that's just remedial, right? Like, check it off, check it off, check it off, check it off the to-do list and it's done. Not your actual creative work. Like when I'm doing a podcast, <laughs> most of the time I do not do that when I know my kids are probably going to come in and ask for an apple and can I have this and can I have that and can I have this, right? Like I don't, I'm very strategic with what kind of work I put in my work block. So for an example, say I know that I'm going to have two work blocks during the week like this work this week I have actually three I have Monday and Tuesday and Friday kids are home when I have a work block all of the work that I have to do I literally opened up my workflow and I saw this is what needs to be done this week I scheduled all of the stuff that I need to focus and concentrate on on Thursday and Wednesday because my kids are going to be here all the other work that I needed to do I scheduled it on Monday and Tuesday and Friday. You need to do the same thing. 
Well, if you don't have anybody to take care of your kids on certain days of the week, and sometimes that happens for me, guess what I'm doing? I'm using when my kids are sleeping for that time. And I tell Blaine, hey, look, I know that we normally sit down at the end of the day and we have this time together. I can only do that on Wednesday this week because I have no work block that's uninterrupted. I have to do it in the night and I have to do it in the morning. And he understands because I've communicated my needs to him a million times over again and he totally gets it. It's not a habit. It's it's my backup, right? But I know that that's there and I always shoot to have my kids entertained so that I can get some hours in where they're off and able to play so that their lives are being enriched. And all of that is part of what we do as work from home moms that are trying to run our ship, that are trying to do our very best work in every area of our lives without feeling pulled in all directions. So that is something that I want you to think about. And if you want to know more about what I just said, how to not feel pulled in all directions, how to succeed in home and business without feeling like you're going to pull your hair out, you can go to chelseajoe.co backslash workshop. And I have an entirely free 45 minute training that goes in depth on that. I'm actually updating it next week um, to have some even more tangible takeaway information for you. So um, I'm really excited to kind of promo that and hit that hard for you guys next week and dive into that a little bit more. But I have just given you so many resources and so much to think about in this episode. As always, I would love, 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 love to hear what you think about it, to hear how you are going to implement it. If you have any questions about it, like let's break this down over inside the Facebook group. That's what I created it for. It's there for me and you and all the other women. We are growing rapidly and I would love to have you a part of it. So go over to Facebook, type in Systemize Your Life and click to join. As always, it's been super fun hanging out with you from behind my mic and I will catch you over inside of the Facebook group until next time. Hey, before you go, if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, then leave a review so more women can join our community too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other and ourselves? I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.